0: Welcome to our worship today from Seal Church, led by me, Canon Anne LeBar, on the feast day of St Peter and Paul, our patron saints. Our hymns today are sung by the choristers of St Martin in the Fields. Grace, mercy and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. As we begin our worship, let's think of the week that is past and all that's happened in it. There will have been times when we've done wrong or fallen short, because we're human. So we ask for God's forgiveness in the joyful knowledge that nothing can destroy his love for us. God so loved the world... That he gave his only Son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins, to be our advocate in heaven, and to bring us to eternal life. We say together, Almighty God, our heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour, in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, whose blessed apostles Peter and Paul glorified you in their death as in their life, grant that your church, inspired by their teaching and example, and made one by your Spirit, may ever stand firm upon the one foundation, Jesus Christ your Son our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and for ever. Amen. The first reading is from the second letter of Paul to the Corinthians, chapter 4, beginning at the fifth verse. For we do not proclaim ourselves. We proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your slaves for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in clay jars, so that it may be made clear that this extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be made visible in our bodies. For while we live, we are always being given up to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may be made visible in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. But just as we have the same spirit of faith that is in accordance with Scripture, I believed and so I spoke, we also believe and so we speak, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and will bring us with you into his presence. Yes, everything is for your sake, so that grace, as it extends to more and more people, may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. Our psalm today is Psalm 125. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but stands fast for ever. As the hills stand about Jerusalem, so the Lord stands round about his people, from this time forth for evermore. The sceptre of wickedness shall not hold sway over the land allotted to the righteous, lest the righteous turn their hands to evil. Do good, O Lord, to those who are good, and to those who are true of heart. Those who turn aside to crooked ways, the Lord shall take away with the evildoers. But let there be peace upon Israel. The Gospel reading is from John's Gospel, chapter 21, beginning at verse 15. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and go wherever you wished. But when you grew grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you. And take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. After this he said to him, follow me. In the name of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. We have this treasure in clay jars, says St Paul. Clay jars were as common to our ancestors as plastic packaging is to us. Pottery was used for all sorts of things, transporting and storing goods, cooking, eating, for the lamps that lit people's homes. It was a basic necessity, and one of the oldest human inventions. Pottery has been found which is 20,000 years old, though it wasn't until about 5000 BC that someone in the Middle East thought of putting a lump of clay on a wheel to turn and shape it evenly. Broken pottery is a sure sign to archaeologists that they've found a human settlement. There were other sorts of containers, of course, made of wood or stone, metal or cloth, but clay pots were cheap and easy to make, and pottery didn't rot or rust or decay. All you needed was some of the right sort of mud, which could be found just about anywhere. Most pottery wasn't particularly beautiful, just ordinary workaday stuff, which you wouldn't have looked at twice. Oddly though, clay pots were sometimes used to store treasure, as Paul suggests. People hid valuables in them, especially if they needed to bury their treasure in times of war. It was a bit like putting your savings in a biscuit tin, hoping the sheer ordinariness of the receptacle would mean no one would think of looking there. It's a chancy business, of course, Apart from the fact that burglars and invading armies are wise to this trick, there's always the danger that the hiding place will be forgotten. One family in Scotland last year nearly lost their mother's entire life savings of £20,000 when they had a clear-out. She'd never let on that she kept it in bistow canisters in the larder, and the family just tossed them in a skip, thinking they were rubbish. Fortunately, the staff at the tip found them, but it was a near miss. Some of our ancestors weren't so lucky, which is why archaeologists and metal detectorists are still finding hordes of coins buried in clay pots, the treasure of people who didn't survive to reclaim them or simply forgot where they were. It's containers like these which Paul's thinking of when he writes to the church in Corinth, containers which are two a penny and hardly seem worth noticing at all, and yet which might be worth that second look, because who knows what might be in them. Of course, the clay pots, he's talking about are human, and most of all, he's talking about himself. To us, saints like Paul and our fellow patron Saint Peter, who we celebrate today, may seem like superheroes. People whose names have echoed down the centuries, not least in the many churches like ours dedicated to them. Patron saints were like friends in high places, people who'd listen and speak for you in the heavenly courts, and they didn't come much higher than Peter and Paul, two of the most important leaders in the early church. But maybe no one can ever really be a superhero to themselves, unless they're completely deluded, and both Peter and Paul knew how dangerous it was to put anyone on a pedestal, least of all themselves. Peter, one of Jesus' closest friends, had denied even knowing him when Jesus was arrested. It was a shameful thing. And yet the story of this spectacular failure must have originally come from Peter himself. He was the only disciple there. He wanted people to know about it. Paul was even less promising material as a Christian leader. He'd been so violently opposed to the followers of Jesus and all they stood for that he dedicated himself to hunting them down and having them arrested, which for many of them would have meant torture and even death. In one of his letters he calls himself the worst of sinners, and he meant it. And yet both Peter and Paul found themselves called and used by God, vital to the life of the early church. Today's Gospel reading told of the moment after the resurrection when Jesus reaffirmed his call to Peter, despite, or maybe because of, his earlier failure. However badly he'd got it wrong, God still wanted to use him. Paul's turnaround was even more striking. When he was blinded by a vision of Jesus on the road to Damascus, on his way to have his followers arrested, he changed his mind about him and to his surprise he found forgiveness not just from God, but from the Christian community he'd been persecuting. It wasn't plain sailing for them after that, though, and their ministries weren't shining examples of unbridled success. Peter was indeed eventually bound and led to a place he didn't want to go, to his own execution, as today's Gospel reading said. Paul shared the same fate and before that had often had to struggle, afflicted, perplexed, persecuted, struck down, as he says. Well, if this is where following Jesus gets you, it's hard to see why anyone would want to do it. Did either of them feel their efforts had really amounted to anything? Possibly not. The infant church was a fragile thing, appallingly vulnerable in the face of Roman oppression it must have seemed very unlikely to them that it would survive, let alone thrive. Paul wasn't putting himself down when he describes himself as a clay jar. He knew that human beings often have very little to show for their labours, are often unspectacular and prone to breaking. And yet, neither Peter nor Paul gave up. Despite all those challenges... Paul said he was not crushed, not driven to despair, not forsaken, not destroyed. And Peter stuck to his message too. He never denied Jesus again. They might only be clay jars, but the treasure they'd found hidden within themselves needed to be poured out and shared. Paul describes that treasure as the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Their encounters with Jesus had changed them forever. They'd discovered God at work in this carpenter from Nazareth, a clay vessel, an apparently ordinary man, whose death on a cross looked to most of those around him like proof that he'd been rejected by God, that he couldn't be the Messiah, but whose resurrection proclaimed that it wasn't so. In him... God had showed that he could be at work just as much in failure as success, just as much in pain as in joy, just as much in death as in life. That isn't just good news for our patron saints, it's good news for us too, as individuals and as a church. If we look at ourselves and our church honestly, what do we see? Clay jars, unspectacular and ordinary We may feel we haven't got much to offer. We might think we're too mundane for God to be interested in, or worse still, too fragile or cracked or broken. But God chose to make us like this, creatures of clay, like his first mud creature, Adam. And he delights in what he's made, sticking with us through thick and thin, even coming to die with us and for us. Each one of us has the treasure of his presence within us, treasure that shouldn't be hidden away fearfully, but poured out and shared with others. We don't have to be special. Just as we are, we are needed and called. We all have something to give, however small and insignificant it might feel to us. And if we don't give it, everyone will be poorer. So on this Patronal Festival... Let's celebrate not only Peter and Paul, but each one of us, beloved mud, clay which God chooses to inhabit. And let's ask him to show us how we can share that treasure with others. Amen. Let us pray. Loving Lord, we thank you for the lives and witness of Peter and Paul, and for all those who have handed down to us the treasures of faith the knowledge of your glory at work in the most ordinary of people and places. We pray that you will give us grace to share the treasure we have been given with others so that all can be enriched and blessed. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we pray for this church as we celebrate our own life on this Patronal Festival and for the wider church of which we are part We pray that all might know their calling to love and serve others and find refreshment and inspiration in one another. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we thank you for placing us in this community here at SEAL and we pray for all who are a part of it that we might find the treasure of your presence wherever we look. We pray for all who are feeling exhausted or downhearted, that they might find new hope and energy. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we pray for all those you've given to us to love and be loved by, for family, friends and neighbours. We hold before you any who we are concerned for today and those who feel forgotten or unnoticed. We hold them before you in a moment of silence. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we thank you for our loved ones who have died, and we pray for those who are bereaved, that they will know that love cannot die, and that living or dying, we are in your safekeeping forever. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. As we share in the peace, I'd like to invite you to think of someone who you know, maybe a member of our congregation, maybe a member of your family from whom you're separated, or a friend. Someone who you would like to feel that you're united with at this point. Because we're all held together in God's love, even when we're separated physically. We are the body of Christ. In the one spirit we were all baptised into one body. Let us then pursue all that makes for peace and builds up our common life. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Keep us, good Lord, under the shadow of your mercy in this time of uncertainty and distress. Sustain and support the anxious and fearful and lift up all who are brought low that we may rejoice in your comfort knowing that nothing can separate us from your love in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.